0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Evie Layden. We recorded this at her home in Oakland, California. I got a few announcements before we get started. Tall Poppy is on tour right now. We just played Lancaster PA last night. We're playing Allentown tonight, then Pittsburgh, Raleigh, DC, Baltimore, and Philly. Tickets and info at tallpoppystringband.com shows, which I linked in the show notes. I'm playing the Old Growth Old Time Festival in Seattle, Washington this October 20th through 22nd. Come on out to that. I'm working on some new stuff that I'm really excited about. I'm teaching a four-part online banjo workshop series on old-time songs. We'll be learning Bill Reed, Rascal Holcomb, and more. Sign up to get the early bird rate at camerondewitt.com slash store. All that's linked in the show notes for this episode. And finally, it's October. Next week, the start get up in the cool month which means i'll be bugging y'all about supporting the show a little more than usual and among the extra special episodes i've saved up i've decided to do another call up in the cool episode got a lot of positive feedback from y'all about the last one i think i'll try and do them quarterly-ish so send me a question and a tune or song request you can send those to getupinthecool at gmail.com extra credit for sending a voice memo from your phone I still have some leftover from last time, but I could use a few more. All right, enough business. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Evie Layton. Enjoy.
1: Gives life freely and takes it away.
0: Song.
1: <laughs> hey, Olabel
0: Reed. Yes,
1: my epitaph.
0: Do you want to sit in the chair? Sure. It's only up to you. You want to keep standing in your the whole time? But I, I would feel like I needed to stand with you.
1: <laughs>
0: I will sit. What? What a lovely arrangement of a lovely song.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: When did you start performing my epitaph that way?
2: Just like about a year ago, I just, I can't remember how, where I found the song or how I came across it, but the lyrics really speak to me about celebrating each other while we're here, while we're in each other's presence and not waiting for some unknown future that I'm sorry, nobody actually knows.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Once again, I am so impressed and blown away by Ola Reed's spirituality Mm -hmm. because this is a song about living in the moment as opposed to a pie in the sky.
2: Very unusual in this uh Uh in this genre.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Totally. The like, let's be grateful for now, not like I can't wait to To die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone I love is dead
2: waiting for me. Yeah. And it'll be we'll be
0: happy then. What's that line? Like when I go, it's not me anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah, when life has departed, it's not me anymore. Just a form that suffered. Ah. <laughs> a still heart sore. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I, it's not denying the presence of an afterlife or a heaven or anything. It's not denying that, sure. but it's just saying, while we're here with each other,
3: yeah,
2: let's let's make the most of it. So good. I live by that.
0: Yeah. I feel like that was the perfect piece to start this interview on. But now I feel just completely introspective and I need to be an interviewer. <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> I'm thinking about death, but in a positive way. But still I'm like, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm feeling, Yeah. So when you were last on the show, it was at the Kauai old time gathering, the last one that has happened and hopefully not the final one. Yeah. Because that was so great. And we were on absolutely. a stage. Mm-hmm. It was a very different environment.
2: Um, right. We were in front yeah. of an audience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And now we can talk about death because we're in <laughs> your music studio. <laughs> right. You can talk about anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was back in 2019.
2: And who knew... Yeah, what the next few years would bring. How relevant! Oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> the song would be. Yeah, yeah, but you've been busy. I think maybe the last time I saw you, didn't you do oh, the Old Time" in 2020? Yes, it was like February. Of yeah, 2020. it
2: was one of the yeah. last things I did, and actually, I did leadership bluegrass mm. early March early during March. that giant tornado that tore through oh Nashville. My God. It was a very intense time and Mm. that was the last trip I took. Yeah. And then of course, you know, received the album that landed on my doorstep for all of our spring and summer tours that never happened.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: I hate to say this, but I really enjoyed the break.
0: Hey, you know what? (laughs) You get to find reasons to enjoy yourself even when bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And if anything, you should.
2: I was very fortunate in that I have a place to be and my family all got along. Yeah. And in fact, we really enjoyed being with each other. My son was in high school and I was saying, I probably wouldn't hardly have seen him if there hadn't been a pandemic. So his last time at home was like, we tucked into our little touring trio we had for so many years and really enjoyed each other's company. And, sat out in the tree house with quarantine happy hour or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the first time, really noticing the patterns of where the sun sets as the seasons go by and
3: yeah.
2: things about being home that I really appreciated.
3: Yeah.
2: Good. I and did. now I'm
3: busting it Yeah,
2: you're back. You, you're back at it. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm slow to return. Yeah. And then I was like, and this summer I'm
1: like, back at it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad you got a break because I think that people needed, uh, not just for their music careers or careers in general, but for all sorts of assumptions they had about the way that their lives were going, mm-hmm. they needed a chance to have to take a break mm-hmm. from those assumptions and then be like, am I going to go back <laughs> to yeah. what, what happened before? A lot of things anyway. changed. And I feel like people who continued the stuff that they were doing before, uh, are often doing it with a renewed enthusiasm and peace of mind because they had a chance to walk away.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it didn't hurt that everyone who ever wanted to learn banjo did. Yeah. During that time, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you uh, benefited from that. Oh, slot. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. People were really, I mean, it was actually, banjo really 30. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite time of
3: day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So. I want to talk about the style of music that you just did. Yeah. Like the style of your performance, the medium. Yeah. Because I can't remember for sure. I I feel like mostly in our last interview, we did double banjo stuff and and singing. And I think there was a dance moment or two. I don't remember how much body music.
2: Or Keith did the body music.
0: Keith did the body music and maybe you just... Dance. And I played yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah, I played did some clogging yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah So yeah I've been a huge admirer of your body music for Thank you. a long time it's so so lovely and uh inspiring especially like, I don't know how you feel about like as as a teacher sometimes people want to pick up the banjo as like a magic wand uh-huh. and it's like no you're like the instrument and uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, you know, yeah. a tool, just like your Pixar or, or, or your, you know, your, uh, your capo is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's really lovely to see this style of music. I have no idea about its history, where it comes from in American music or for you personally. Um Yeah. Can you speak on that? How did you arrange this version of my epitaph?
2: Um, so I hearken, a lot, you know, I work a lot with my partner, Keith Terry, and he's like a pioneer in contemporary body music. Mm. And his information came from playing jazz drums. And my information comes from playing the banjo and clogging. Yeah. And then also doing a deep dive into African, various African cultures and traditions um, early on in my uh just in my development of realizing, you know, the deep African roots of everything that I'd been doing. That was sort of unspoken.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, at least when I was growing up, it was unspoken and fortunately it's much more spoken now. Yeah. Um, but hand bone is a part of the Appalachian tradition. Yeah. comes from the history of drums being taken away from enslaved people and then putting the rhythms on their bodies. And then, Fast forward many years. I mean, I've done some creative uh, body percussion choreography and some in collaboration with Keith. And Keith has really, you know, and that he's made a career out of yeah. it. Um, you know, so much of my percussive dancing was foot percussion. Right. And yeah. then handbone being a part of the Appalachian tradition. And then, um, you know, in 2008, we started the International Body Music Festival, which was a big dream of his, collecting... Uh, various body musics from around the world Mm. traditional and contemporary forms and in producing that festival for 10 years and which was also international we produced it in the san francisco bay area but also um, with partners in istanbul and bali and sao paulo brazil and paris um and other places and
0: because of course they all must have their own body music traditions. The original instrument. So obvious. Yeah. It's right there. <laughs>
2: and I mean, yeah. we, we're trying to really proliferate the the term body music because it involves melody and harmony, not just rhythm, not just percussion. Right. So a lot of people think of it as body percussion. Right. And then, um, in that world, um, it's incredible. A couple of things I would say, which is that I feel like I, I was bringing Appalachian traditional song and music into that world, which being very international, a lot of people said, I had no idea there was traditional music in America. Interesting. Right? Because they're wow. everywhere is <laughs> fed a yeah. steady diet of our pop music. Right, right. They don't know there's trad music right. here um, or even an older culture. You know, and it's not that old comparatively, but it is as old as a lot of the traditions throughout South America. Sure. You know, like I thought Brazilian music was so old, you know, and traditional, but it's the same, like, where did the white people come from? Where were the black people taken from? What were the, who, what natives were there? Yeah. And it was that particular combination that created all these different musical styles throughout North and South America. And so here in the Southern Appalachian mountains is no different. Um but introducing a lot of the sound of that music in an international context has been immensely gratifying.
3: Yeah.
2: And then um there was there were a lot of <clears throat> there were a lot of musicians who were putting the music on their bodies, but coming at it from a dance perspective, I wanted to see more movement and more choreography.
0: Yeah. Not just sitting on a chair. I well, feel like most of the hambone that I've seen has been...
2: Hand bone definitely is more of a yeah. seated thing, although... I don't um, know about the
0: other traditions.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, like if you think about flamenco dance and sure. palmas and yeah. singing, but we would ask the flamencas who came to perform without a guitar, without the cajon, yeah. which the actually relatively recent in flamenco. Sure. But um, to have everything stripped down to just the body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when we've had tap dancers, they wear leather shoes, you know, mm-hmm. just like cutting down on any extraneous stuff yeah, as much as possible. And it's really revealing. It's also like really connective with an audience because everyone has a body <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and people really feel that. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to market, to sell people on how they're sure. going to feel. And right. yet we find across the board, audiences feel like really... Connected and moved and a part of what's going on. It's also very acoustic, but then on the flip side of it is something like stomp. And Americans, at least, are really used to very bombastic kinds of things.
0: Yeah, and you, you're so, referring to the 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 show, the show stomp. Yeah, yeah.
2: And like whenever you do body percussion, people are like, "Oh, stomp." Yeah. Um, stomp was is was a great show. Um, it tended to have one kind of rhythm throughout, right. um, explored in different, you know, through different media, right. the newspaper or broom or whatever, or just the body. Um, and I also felt like it was really bombastic and I wanted to explore things that were gentler yeah. and, uh, had more movement and all of that. And I actually, um, so I've been developing a performance ensemble called motor dance for the last 10 years. And some of it was, it started out as just like a workshopping session to try to understand physically African diaspora polyrhythms. So, for example, taking uh, one of the first pieces I did was taking Afro Cuban sewn rhythms and exploring in feet, hands, and voice, yeah. and then switching and switching parts. And each time being like, you Know just mind blowing, literally mind blowing in the coordination <laughs> and the physically incorporating all yeah. of the rhythms in one body.
0: So, you mean like one, two, three for like voice, hands, feet, and then mm-hmm. being like, okay, now we're going to go three, three two, one, two, one. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, and,
2: and then how does it move through space? Yeah, uh huh. And so, this became like a big inquiry. Also, because I'm not a drummer, I'm not a percussionist, I'm a percussive dancer. And so I was understanding rhythms, even though I explored a lot of African diaspora forms, I hadn't really, I I didn't really dive into the polyrhythms themselves. And I wanted to understand them much more deeply. And especially like the three against two or six over four, Um, you know, being able to feel something in four and feel it in six and those syncopations are in the banjo music. They're in the fiddle in the, you know, what makes old time fiddling different from other styles of fiddling. One of the things is the, you know, the bowing patterns that really pull from African diaspora polyrhythms. So I was exploring it in a whole other way. And then, uh, just one day started singing the song, ain't no grave over top of it. And it just... Basically, the rationale for the group has become like overtly reconnecting African diaspora polyrhythms with Appalachian song. Yeah. And this weird performative <laughs> style that, yeah. you know, I'm just kind of creating as I go. Yeah. Good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I started making films of the work because touring a dance company or, you know, traveling with dance is nearly impossible these days just financially yeah but films can travel really farther faster and of course now since pandemic everyone's making film and video so much right yeah but just kind of exploring that and then also the medium of film in all of that and have been working with some really great videographers who took the material which we can perform live but then took it to a whole other place with it
0: this is difficult to translate what do you um, mean? I, I would imagine, like, uh, to capture the moment visually. You have to be there. Yeah, you have yeah. to be there, and so that's—it's
2: meant to be like close right. and intimate. Yeah. Um,
0: so it would be quite the the challenge to catch that on film in a way that can give you a yeah, feeling yeah, of, yeah. of being there.
2: Yeah. Totally. Hmm. So I'm pretty proud of the films that that I made um, with that idea.
0: It's it's also really interesting to go back to my, my epitaph. Whenever I say that,
2: it seems like I'm You're talking about
0: my epitaph, <laughs> thinking about my death again. Um, uh, to go back to the song, My mm-hmm. Epitaph by Ola Bell-Reed. Um, Does she sing it as a vocal solo that's unaccompanied? Uh, no. I, c- I can't remember what the...
2: No, it's... I don't think there's... Now I can't remember. There's definitely a guitar. Okay. There might be banjo. I can't remember.
0: I really... It's
2: been a while since I heard the original.
0: I really appreciate that your arrangement of this song is so rhythmic and so lively and still mournful and joyful. Like, often mm-hmm. I feel like when people want to sing about death, you know, they they want to do it in a way that is like slow and arrhythmic and doesn't Mm. necessarily have like syncopated hits or whatever. (laughs) it's like inappropriate for some reason. I think people think that way, or at least uh, I think maybe a lot of people in our culture uh, think that way. Mm -hmm. And
2: well, people are so disassociated from death and it's interesting during the pandemic, I was listening to uh, Anderson Cooper has a whole podcast on grief mm. And early on, he's like, we don't have rituals around death. Yeah. And I was like, you don't have rituals, white yes. man. yeah. Like, every culture in the world yeah. has music and dance rituals yeah. around death that, like, no, and we're all trying, like, Western culture is trying to yeah. re, so many people are trying to reconnect yeah. with the process of living and dying. Yeah you know, um, to be deeply involved with it as a natural process and to sing and dance around that, you know, we've become so disassociated from music and dance as a part of the thing that every people do. Yeah. You know, that all people do.
0: Yeah. Forgive me. I should have said like assimilationist Western culture as opposed to our culture. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's what I meant. Um, yeah, I like that you, you model an active participation in processing death through your arrangement of the song. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I really appreciate that. Nice. Yeah. And especially, I feel like it really fits with the words. There's, there's a lot of acceptance mm-hmm. in, in those words, and I feel like there's a lot of acceptance and active saying yes mm-hmm. in, in, your, in your dancing and in the rhythm. And, mm-hmm. and uh, excuse me, in your... Uh, music making yeah yeah, and uh, you know I especially appreciate that coming from a religious background that has a lot of escapism and no no, no don't look at that right. attitude's about death right um, maybe not in its you know roots, <laughs> but uh, my experience in my communities that was yeah. often the attitude and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate what you did with it. Thanks. Good. Thank you.
2: The process of exploring body music in this way has really opened up my ability to improvise. Yeah. And being able to do this piece with you, and I've been doing it with different people um, wherever I go, which I haven't really had a piece like that that was so open. Mm. And, you know, it's an easy chord chart. Um, even though it's not like fully obvious, records, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not, it's yeah. not as intuitive, Yeah. no matter that it is relatively simple, sure. you know, but that's kind of what's great about it. Yeah. Um, is it's a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, but it has opened me up to be more expressive. Mm. Um, and this is the first piece that I've ever done that was like fully improvised. Yeah. I mean cool. like I'm singing the words but how I'm dancing and what you I'm don't doing You know what you going to do mm-mm. Yeah. You know, I have a a way of doing yeah. it but like yeah, it's different every time and that is really fun for me because I did not have the best entree into improvisation. Hmm. I had a very some very strict training about what was right and on and because it was all about rhythm too, right. you know, with right. rhythm rhythm is tight you know you want the uh, rhythm to be solid and there's no room for error in there yeah but being able to improvise within that structure
3: yeah
2: um this is like only recently do i feel like really free with that
0: i have all sorts of other things to ask you about that but first we should play another tune or sing another song you play want to, a tune yeah what do you want to do next
2: to play a fiddle tune? Yeah, That'd be crazy. That tune.
0: Yeah, I've only gotten to hear you fiddle a little bit I, once in yeah. uh, Sam and Charlie Shea's room. <laughs> Back, it must have been back in 2018 or 19. Oh, wow. After the part of the whole Times Academy.
2: Yeah, I don't think of myself as a fiddler, um, but I love playing the fiddle, so we'll see.
0: It's funny that those two can coexist. I, yes. I, I relate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because I'm not, my left hand is kind of lazy. I'm not, sure. I can't do real noty things. You know, I'm in cross G. Okay. What
0: do you want to play?
2: There's this, uh, crooked version of horse and buggy okay do you know it no do you would you like to yeah i just love it and, and uh i feel like more people should play it
0: yeah this is a place to do it you get it out there <laughs> Tune. <laughs> i was still making up that second phrase in the A part every single time.
2: I think maybe uh, there are two B parts, but whatever, uh, it works with one.
0: So good. Where would you get that tune?
2: I learned it from Judy Stavely, okay. who I think got it from Bruce Green. Yeah. Horse and buggy. Horse and buggy
0: o. Horse and buggy o. I think so. Good. Yeah. When did you When did you start enjoying to play the fiddle? And not being a fiddler, but enjoying the fiddle. I'll tell you, as a it's player. a good story though, because <laughs>
2: yeah, um, I moved out here when I was thirty, and uh, Maxine Gerber and Brendan Doyle, who I've met when I was a child, um,
3: banjo power couple.
2: He banjo power couple. The I connected with them, and Brendan was saying, um, he was saying, you know, when I was forty, I really wanted to learn to play the fiddle, and I thought. I'm too old to play the fiddle. I'm too old to start learning the fiddle. And he goes, but now I'm 50. And if I'd started, I'd know how to play the fiddle by now. (laughs) And at the time I was 30 thinking, I want to play the fiddle. I'm too old to learn the fiddle. I was like, oh, well shit, I'm going to start. And so I was teaching at a camp called fiddle kids for seven to 14 year old violin students to learn fiddle by ear. And I was, um, the dance person there for many, many years. And so I sat in a tiny chair with the seven year olds and got, like, my first fiddle lessons from the great fiddle teachers who were there. But it was mostly <clears throat> after I had a child. And Susie Thompson said, I have one piece of advice for you, which is play loud.
3: And yeah, good. <laughs> so
2: I, I would, you know, my kid would be sleeping on me at three weeks old. And I would be practicing the fiddle <laughs> over top of his head. I'd be like, well, he he came into being with a banjo on his head. He might as well yeah. get some of the fiddle, too. So... Mm. Um, I did, you know, on and off for many, many years. But so it's been like twenty years that I've been kind of working at it. But then, especially during pandemic, when we moved to Zoom lessons and I had time, I would like any tune that I was teaching my banjo class. Yeah. I would learn it on the banjo. I would learn it on the fiddle. Yeah. I would flat pick it on the guitar in different places on the guitar. Yeah, and I'd play it on the banjo. It's a little bit of a liability though, because now I know all the notes uh-huh. and I try to get them and then I want to get yeah, them yeah. on the banjo, but if they're played up tempo, like
3: yeah.
2: I don't, I like, I'm not a melodic banjo player. So I don't know. There's a lot of negotiating going on huh. in my own brain.
0: Yeah. But I'm sure it's, yeah. It sort of deepened your, or maybe complicated uh. and deepens your relationship to, to a time lot time banjo. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, lovely to hear you play and to play with you. Thanks. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad you...
2: I'm just learned. now, like, I, I now, at some point in the last few years, I know they're no longer mercy sessions, but I'm slow to pick up tunes I haven't learned, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Wow, this tune. So good. I'm going to have to revisit that. Want to have the space to, to to unlock it? Yeah, sorry, through like the <laughs> no, the throw at
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can handle it. <laughs> You're Get not going to shy away from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's the least I can do asking people to come play on <laughs> put themselves out there every week. Is that I can uh, stumble through a tune if necessary. Yeah, yeah. What else do you want to play?
2: Um, we could play double banjos. I could dance to your banjo. I could play a song.
0: Let's do, let's do a double banjo. I feel like, let's end on a double banjo. Okay. I feel like we should end on a double banjo. Okay. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's do a song.
1: Um,
2: boy, this the first song that occurred to me. I don't. That's not a very good banjo tune. Um,
0: I can do something else potentially or you're are you, are, are you gonna play guitar
2: i was thinking of it
0: yeah what's the song
2: um it's a song i wrote called only you
0: okay cool i'm ready when you are all right
1: Now we're busy.
2: It usually uh, gets a good laugh.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) a couple of spots, which I
2: appreciate.
0: (laughs) Sometimes when I, like, offer my son, like, a choice of two good things, (laughs) um, he becomes less happy because... I, because all of a sudden opportunities have arisen and then he has to like lose out on one thing.
3: Uh
0: (laughs) I really relate to this like idea in the song of like, you know, I was, I was happier before (laughs) when I was like sort of grumpy at these little, at like these like little feelings of like loneliness or inconvenience. And now it's put it in perspective um, (laughs) because you introduced... Uh, you you disturbed the waters
3: Was <laughs> mm.
2: well, also the uh, the Beatles song Don't pass me by Don't make me cry
1: Don't make me boo Oh yeah. yeah
2: Well you did Yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the, You did Yeah epilogue Yeah <laughs> Lots of sad love sad songs yeah. My son's always He was saying Why do you listen Why do you like such sad music
0: Yeah Why do you like such sad music
2: I don't know. It's just the humanity of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's so much sadness in the world and, and like, just like diving deep into it's kind of like what you were talking about death. It's like yeah. not avoiding the feelings of it, yeah. but like embracing the feelings of it so that you recognize when it's not that,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, or knowing that you're going to get through it yeah. somehow.
0: Because there is a a happiness to this. I said it's a bummer of a song. Most of the actual content of the song is about, you know what? Life's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm better off without you. I'm appreciating things now. that I I don't
2: have have to to care about your friends anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Like, woo, Liberation. I don't have to pretend to like things. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I once, uh, I, I have a song called life raft that was, it was finally, I finally got this song out, um, about a relationship I was in that I realized at a certain point that we were both so copacetic when we were both miserable, Mm. like we could really commiserate with each other, Yeah, but joy was harder to find. And I had this experience of joy that I was like, Oh my God. I think I want more of that.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's enough hardship in the world.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's other kinds of intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> other than shared misery. misery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and the whole idea of the song is like, you know, it's a life raft, and if I let go, will I sink? Oh no, I can swim. Yeah. I can swim back to shore without <laughs> holding on.
0: I've had relationships like that.
2: Yeah. Like <laughs> we all. Hopefully go through things like that. Come Uh, out the other end a little better off.
0: Well, do you want to dance one? Yeah. Uh, Play the banjo. Any requests? No. Um, You know what would be really fun is um, last time you were on the show, we played Jenny Get Around, and I believe we just did it as a banjo duo. Mm. I think it would be really fun to have it be a banjo dance. I'm down. Because I don't know if I've gotten to hear someone dance to that incredibly crooked tune. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to hear what you do with it. Oh, cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was going to suggest a crooked tune because they're fun to dance to. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's also like, you
2: oh. know, it's the first I've danced today, <laughs> what is it like 1030 at night? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I just wasn't getting up off the ground as much as I would
0: have liked. <laughs> well, I love uh, that moment when I, um, just very randomly, accidentally added a beat, and you're like, fine, okay. <laughs> you, you, I'm you. following you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and also, you know, it all settles into the groove. Yeah. And I know the tune so well.
0: Yeah. Oof. Oof. You ready to talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is the part of the show where I typically ask, where do people go? To stay up to date with all of the music and dance that you're making, yeah. Uh, how, where do they go to buy your recorded works? Do you have anything right. coming up? All that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Um, well, when is this? When would this be coming out?
0: Great question. When does the out? Because what's coming up? up? Yeah,
2: is like depends on you know. Right, right. The things that are coming up. Probably be passed by the time it comes out.
0: Maybe. I don't have a huge backlog. Mm-hmm. I can put it to the front of the line.
2: Um, well, conveniently, I'm the only Evie Layden on the internet. Okay. So my Instagram is Evie Layden. Love that. Facebook, TikTok. Um, during during lockdown, I was, you know, I had this whole plan for 2020, as we all did. But, like, my dance company was going to produce... Uh, what felt like the biggest work I was going to do. And I couldn't continue choreographing yeah. in, you know, with such distance and everything. And some other things came out, but one of the things I did do uh, for three months in spring of 21, I was like, all right, let me do this TikTok thing. Cause I was like, oh, creating in 15, 30 second intervals was yeah. something I could handle.
3: Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> And it was also, like, full-on Black Lives Matter. And I was taking sometimes social justice songs and then creating some body music accompaniment. And I was doing, like, Motor Mondays. Every Monday I did something for three months. And so my TikTok is either, like, these creative body music things, these little snippets of that, or of just, like, random times I'm playing banjo with a fiddle player that I really enjoy. And I don't do any fancy stuff. I mostly just like throw it up there and yeah. see what happens.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and then I've been, since I have been getting more and more comfortable improvising body music, I've just been like randomly shooting, doing body music to whatever song I want to be singing. Yeah. Um, so that's been really fun. So that's my, that's my TikTok, but everything else is just under my name, my website and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then um, when I figure out for sure when this will be posted, uh, I'll contact you, and then we'll know what's coming up, and I'll mention that very specifically in the outro. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. Oh, and uh, Bandcamp, too. Bandcamp. Great. And then, of course, on all the streaming services, Evie Laden and Evie Laden Band couldn't be under the same account, as you know. Like, you can't unite all these things that are you. Right. Um, So, they... they, uh, are very different, but my streaming numbers are terrible. I think as most, most of my most of my audience is like, they don't know that you have to engage with things right. in order to drive the algorithm. Right. And uh, yeah, I could work on getting them up, but I mostly am like, I'd rather work on working.
3: Sure. On
2: like actually being with yeah. people. So yeah. I do, you know, I do all the social media and I pay attention to that stuff, but I also... I've noticed that when I'm out in the world gigging, it's like when I'm least active on social media because I'm actually doing the thing itself. I don't wanna be, you know, just posting about it and documenting it.
3: This is all very relatable. I'll get around to it later,
2: <laughs> yeah. you know, when I'm home by myself and yeah. be like, Oh, let's talk about that week I did, that was so fun. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah the, the the meta level that we're kind of expected to be on all the time as opposed to yeah in this moment yeah yeah so good hanging out with you thanks for letting me crash before uh jump into this music camp yeah
2: it's exciting it's nice to have um people come by and especially because the bay area is so big and it's like that concert you guys are doing is amazing and i know a lot of people are going to be a part of it and i'm gigging like i'm i gotta do something else there's so much cool stuff happening tomorrow (laughs) 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 happy to be a drop in that bucket
0: (laughs) That'll well, be a
2: fun show, though.
0: So, in addition to all of this, uh, you're accepting banjo gigs. Oh, for sure! Not just dance and uh, and uh, body music. No, banjo is yeah. actually a
2: huge part of my, yeah. you know, uh, income-producing activities. And it's what I've been doing since I was mm. a kid. I didn't know it was going to be my job, <laughs> but I enjoy it so much. Uh, it looks like I'm in modal tuning okay but um, that's not necessarily what I play you want to play a tune together yeah
3: Um,
2: what are you tuned to are you in G
3: yeah yeah
0: John Brown's true absolutely always yeah if you want, I love that tune. Sure. Yeah, and we can have fun with it. Yeah. There's a lot of space in that tune. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Great.
2: John Brown's dream.
0: Visit eBLaden.com and click on events to see all of the things she's got coming up. We got some claw hammer banjo classes. Uh, those are online. Looks like um, some beginner and then some technique and repertoire classes. Uh, she's playing at Amados in San Francisco. Uh, she's teaching at the Great Lakes music camp. Uh, super Jealous, I want to teach at that. That's in October. Uh, playing um, some more shows, it looks like in the Bay Area and uh yeah she's got a lot of she's got a huge schedule coming up here more online classes later for just uh, november and december um body music stuff so go check all that out uh slash events and then if she's not coming to your town anytime soon make sure that you're following her on social media that's instagram facebook TikTok. you can buy her music on Bandcamp and She was lamenting her streaming numbers So I think a lot of y'all are probably just buying her albums, which you should do too But uh, I was talking to Jake Blunt about this and he was saying yeah I think the preferred way is that people buy an album The you know the physical media and then stream it so that we get both we could use all the help us uh, recording artists uh, that y'all are willing to Uh, help us with. So, um, find Evie Layden and Evie Layden Band uh, wherever you stream your music. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool, also linked in the show notes along with links to sign up for banjo lessons with me, pitchforkbanjo.com, my Clawheimer instructional video series, and my old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.